Hi, I'm Lawrence Carroll, and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. I'm the author of ETS for the Long Run, Dividend Stocks for Dummies, and a contributor to Forbes.com and Barron's. Each week on Two Question Tuesday, we randomly pick and answer two questions from clients of focused wealth management. This week's questions will be answered by Phil D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focused Wealth, and Michael Passante, the firm's Director of Financial Planning. So how are you, gentlemen? Good, Larry. How are you? Doing good, guys. How's everybody? Good, good. Um, so let's jump right in. You know, after yesterday's market decline, are we in a stagflation environment? So I think it's really highly likely that over the course of the next few months, the discussion is going to shift a little bit in the narrative more towards this accelerating rate of inflation to this perpetually sticky rate of inflation. So really what happened over the course of the last inflationary print is that the CPI went down six-tenths of 1%. 0.59 out of that 0.6 was gas prices. Pretty much everything else in the inflation realm was almost a net zero, which is a little bit difficult. So I think inflation is going to be stubbornly high here in the 8% range until we get into the beginning of next year, where the housing year-over-year comparisons start to accelerate quite a bit, especially on a two-year base effect. And then inflation has the potential to really start stair-stepping lower. The past few months, we've largely been moving with energy because increases in housing and food have been offset by the decline in used car prices. And now over the course of the next month or couple months, shipping prices from China will really start to be a positive inflationary tailwind for inflation going down. So there's a lot of moving parts to it, but ultimately the sum of the parts probably lead you to this higher for longer inflationary regime. And it really until we get into next year, and with 70% of the US economy being consumption-based, you're looking at a very slow growth fourth quarter for the US consumer, which isn't necessarily good on a GDP spectrum. And realistically, there's been a lot of discussion about if, is the Fed going to do a dovish pivot? Um, are they not going to hike rates as much? Since the last rate hike, there are more rate hikes actually priced into the market. So that there hasn't really been an actual dovish pivot. And with inflation staying high, with the Fed talking about staying hawkish, I think we're in for a little bit of a stubborn type of market environment over the course of the next few months. Now, that doesn't mean that you, there aren't investable areas. So that's going to be the one thing to really maintain, uh, focus on and watch. I mean, utilities, consumer staples, sometimes some of the more defensive aspects of the market might perform well if the volatility index starts to stay in a lower regime. and. Even though we are in a stagflationary type of environment, we're coming off levels of what are probably peak inflation, right? And they're going to stair-step lower incrementally. And as that happens throughout the course of next year, certain margins of companies are going to start to expand. So there are probably most certainly investable areas as you look so across the what are those, those areas? areas? What are those uh, areas that work? A lot of the spots that I kind of said before, to be honest with you. Um, consumer staples, largely uh, the defensive areas are probably going to be the spots that you really want to focus on, plus bonds and fixed income. Yeah, I bonds. Really, I, mean, I, I, I do think the rates have already bonds. been. Yeah. I mean, you got the 10-year treasury, 3.07 today. That's that's wild. I mean, that couldn't get above three for ages. Once again, it came above. I think you look at you know saturation U.S. treasuries. Hey, look at even T-bills. I mean, you're getting 3% on a one-year T-bill. You're starting to see CDs with attractive rates. So there's definitely areas in fixed income to put monies to work uh, and make a good return. 
Mm-hmm. You just need that aha moment where the 10-year starts to go back down as the Fed hikes short-term rates. We haven't quite Yeah, you have yet. to go through Jackson Hole and see what they say there right later. And, um, you know, still you're in the depths of August and the depths of summer. So, you know, it's like a hurry up and wait type of thing. Or I think until September, really, nothing, nothing's going on until September. Yeah, you're also staring down the barrel of September seasonality, which traditionally isn't very good. So, so do you have your plane ticket for Jackson Hole? No, we won't be no. out there. We'll definitely follow it online, though. Okay, so the second question is um, ETFs have been very popular out there, but their funds, they're like mutual funds, they're portfolios of many securities, either stocks or many bonds. Lately, they've come out with a couple of uh, a new concept for ETFs called single stock ETFs, which seems to go against the whole idea of a fund. So what do you think of these single stock ETFs? So, you know, you got have to look at the history of ETFs. And while there's been a lot of great ingenuity and innovative products that have come out that have lowered expenses, I think the average ETF expense now is something like 12 basis points, uh, done really great things with, with these products. There's also a lot of bad products that have come out there, uh, whether it was the commodity-based ETFs, the leveraged oil ETFs, the natural gas leveraged ETFs that had backwardization and ultimately went to zero. Uh, these leveraged single stock ETFs, for instance, there's one on Tesla, let's say, that's one and a half times Tesla going up, or you can short it one and a half times going back. First of all, these carry a very high internal expense ratio, uh, 1% plus, let's say, uh, to get into the product. And they reset at their leverage using swaps. So these are derivative-based products using swaps uh, on a daily basis. Now, that's too much skullduggery uh, to, for me to, to say, yeah, that's investable. Even if you have you know, great knowledge of where Tesla's going to head in a one-day period, two-day period, three-day period, this is just uh, the gamifying of, uh, of stocks. And uh, you know, I would not partake in that. I would not advise any clients, even on their own, with a little bit of money. Hey, I want to take a risk. No, not worth it. Eventually, uh, these products probably won't attract assets. And you know, you'll see a blow up here or there. I'm sure the regulators are looking at it. How these products even get approved, who knows? I mean, there's stock options to do this. You could go take out, you know, swaps on your own to do this. Uh, I think that this is just Wall Street trying to put a product together, uh, charge an expense around it, and bring it to the masses to get a lot of assets. Uh, and uh, when things go one way or another, um, these things will ultimately end up worthless. So not investable, not interested in it for our clients. So it's mostly leveraging the, the individual stocks. So instead of getting one times the value, you're getting one and a half to two times the value. It's gambling and not investing. Yeah. Okay. Um, thanks, guys. That was great. And if you'd like to submit a question, send it to our email address, which is question at twoquestiontuesday.com. And we'll be back next week. Great. Thanks, thanks, Larry. Thanks, Mike.